Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor and I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you today. Our topic that we want to dive into is, uh, well, I'll give you the title of this episode. Alcohol is not the issue. Kind of a provocative title, I think, Mike. Uh, But what we want to do is kind of pick up the ball from last week. We'd started to talk about the believer's conscience and particularly how that plays out in questions about drinking and how the believer should approach alcohol and just think about these things. And um, so we want to do a little bit of a part two and maybe get into some more nuance and talk especially about the idea of the conscience, how we should think about alcohol in relation to other believers. So, Mike, let me actually pass it to you. I want to open with a question. We've been talking about the idea of kind of the weaker brother, the, you know, quote, the strong brother. Can you maybe just lead us in with a little bit of an explanation about what is Paul saying when he talks about the weaker-minded brother and mm-hmm. the stronger-minded brother, and especially in Second Corinthians? I'm sorry, First Corinthians eight. Sure. Um, let's just start there, and we'll see where it goes. Okay, so First Corinthians eight, he talks about uh, this is about food offered to idols, and so that there was a, an idea in some people's minds that something was inherently wrong with eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols, and maybe you got a better price on it. Who knows at the store? Uh, and some Christians were like, "Hey, it's meat." And it's cheaper, you know, or whatever. And others were like, no, it's been devoted to idols. And he's saying like, you know what? Some people are going to have that kind of tender conscience. Don't harass them for that. Others are going to be like, I'm fine. I'm going to make a taco out of that, you know. Uh, don't don't judge them for that. Because there's just, just because it was sacrificed to idols doesn't mean it's harmful to you. Okay, there's no demons in the sinews, you right, know. Right, right. Um, different, let's say, than when, let's just say you or I decide that we're going to do something that could be addictive for someone else or could be harmful for someone else or could, you know, uh, put someone's life in jeopardy even. That's a different thing. It's not just in the mind. It's actual actual outcome. So here in the food offered to idols, it's saying like, look, there, you don't want to be a stumbling block to the weak and the weak would be one that would say, it's not good for me to do that. He's saying, don't make a big deal about it. You know, don't throw a jab at them because they are feeling like they have a, a, a duty to not eat that meat. Like, just let it be, even if it's just in their mind, right? Do what you do right. in a way that helps them. Yeah. So I could uh, maybe help by panning out and giving us a little bit of a roadmap for today. We wanted to talk about the idea of kind of this dynamic of the stronger and weaker brother and what that might mean with respect to, as you're just thinking about, you know, the idea of drinking, whether, uh, you know, you do or don't, and, and there's other people involved, how does the idea of the conscience play in? So we want to talk about that. Then we want to address kind of that, maybe that mindset that might be there in some believers, especially maybe some younger people, uh, well, this is my freedom. This is my right in Christ. And so I don't want to let that go. And yeah, someone else shouldn't judge me for what I do. I won't judge them. Uh, so maybe that more strong minded person, we want to talk about that. And then at the end, I think we want to talk a little bit about this idea of passing judgment on one another and, Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe just kind of offer some parting shots. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mike, just to, to dip back in on what you're saying about the kind of the weaker brother, I think that you make a good point. Um, when Paul talks about the need for all believers to honor the quote weaker brother, he's addressing somebody whose conscience is still going to be troubled by something that in itself is not actually sinful. Right. With mm-hmm. the idols he's saying, or, or with the meat offered to idols, he's saying the weaker brother is somebody who thinks, hey, that meat offered to idols, if I eat that, that's going to somehow like contaminate me spiritually, mm-hmm. which Paul says the mature-minded believer knows that that's not the case. Uh, and so, and, and and yet because his brother thinks that, he's going to not partake in that because he doesn't want to lead his brother towards doing something that he's going to, you know, 
uh, bypass his own conscience in doing. So I want to, um, maybe to kind of bring it back to the idea of drinking. Mike, can you just talk, and even at a practical level, thinking about this idea of the conscience, how does this apply when, you know, let's just say I'm in a social setting and there's a, we were talking even about like young college age people, um, last week on the podcast, how does, how can some of these things govern my thinking about, should I pick up a beer? You know, should I, should I have a glass of wine right now? Right. Sure. And, and like always, I'm usually going to say, Hey, let's, let me take a step back and read some Bible and let's, let's frame the discussion. And I don't want to just hammer like the younger person. And, And I know you're bringing that because those are ones you know of, but boy, I've seen licentiousness and legalism in all ages of, of adults. You know what I mean? And especially some older adults can get really locked into their freedoms or their prohibitions and then push them on everybody else. And so the question is a great question. Like, should I pick up the beer or should I, should I have that glass of wine or what have you? Um, what's going to frame this discussion is really in, in first Corinthians 10 and it, it bleeds into Romans 14, obviously, but all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 10, 23. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is not all things are lawful. Okay. Paul is saying that in his context there, but like in our, in our society, speeding is not lawful, right? Right. Um, buying heroin is not lawful. You know, there's, there's certain things that are not lawful. If you're under age, it is not lawful for you to drink alcohol. Okay. So when he's saying this, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. He's saying about the things that are allowed and there's freedom. You know, he, he had just said, you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. So there are things that are demonically inspired and you should stay away from those. You know, do not love the world or the things of the world. Those are, those are going away. Those are, those are not of God. You know, the, the things that are not of God. Um, everything is a good gift from God. But I, what I'm saying is there's certain things that are not uh, pleasing to God. And God has pointed many of those things out. But it says here, eat whatever is sold. He makes it really clear. Let each one not seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any questions on the count on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. Now, if you applied that today and say, well, they, they gave me drugs <laughs> and I just had to eat, I had to eat them or drink them or take them, smoke them. No is the answer. Okay. Cause that's not lawful. So this is in a tight context of like meat sacrificed to idols. That really is nothing. Okay. Um, but if someone says to you, this has been offered and sacrificed, then do not eat it. Oh, hmm. do you see that? Mm-hmm. Do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you for the sake of the conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his, for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? And this could be a little bit like a puzzle here. You're like, wait, well, wait, what was he right, just saying? Right. And he says, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Greeks. And what he's saying is, don't offend the non-believer. Right. Don't offend the believer. Right. So many times Christians are like, I want unbelievers to know that Christians can have fun. And all they're doing in, in sometimes is just driving unbelievers further away from believers going, well, there's no difference in hmm. from you and me. Why would I want Jesus? Right. You know? Yeah, and I think I think what he's saying when he says, if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then don't eat it. He's imagining that a believer is in the home of somebody else, yeah. and that person says, hey, have this meat. It's been offered in sacrifice. And in their mind, 
that has some spiritual significance. Well, if the believer then says, oh, great, I'll eat, that is in some way maybe uh, affirming or kind of confirming in that person's mind, the unbeliever that is, ah, this believer will partake in this meat that's been offered in sacrifice, and that means something to them. Even though Paul says, the believer knows that in their conscience there's liberty. I love that he quotes that verse, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's mm-hmm. all the Lord's. Idols are just these, you know, they're just idols. There's, there's no, there's nothing outside of the realm of the Lord. So the meat, the even the, the drink, it's all the Lord's, and, and it can be enjoyed with thankfulness, but there's barriers to that. And the barrier is, is this to the glory of God and is it to the good of this person that I'm with? I th- does that feel like the right way to, t- to tackle that? I think it, I think so. You're it's, uh, so it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. So I would look at verses 28 and 29 and go, if you are at an, unbel- and maybe I'm going to say the same thing you just said, so yeah. you can tell me Yeah. if you're the guest of an unbeliever, it feels like a math problem here. If you're the guest of an unbeliever and you don't want to offend the unbeliever, it's better though to offend the unbeliever and not eat for the sake of the weaker Christian who would be offended to eat it. Because love for believers is the strongest witness we have. Right. John 13, 34, and 35. So is that what you just said? I think so. <laughs> I, I think and it has I think it can have a dimension of both how is this going to touch another believer and how is it going to appear to an unbeliever, right? Right, because we have a witness to the unbeliever. And right. I don't think we even bring this. I don't think, think about the alcohol uh, drinking. When was the last time, and I mean this, when was the last time any of us thought, how is this going to affect an unbeliever? We, we think, oh, you know, the believers just need to get their acting gear and not be so, not be so, so touchy. So uptight, yes. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute, hold on. And, and you know, interestingly, Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 10, like, you don't participate in the idol ceremonies, okay? But don't hesitate to buy the meat once the ceremony's over. <laughs> like, don't be guilty about it, especially if you get a good right, deal on it, right. right? But what he's saying, I think when he says eat whatever, it's you don't want to offend the unbeliever. Like, verse 27, if one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner, eat whatever is set before you, okay? But if someone says to you, and I think the someone is the, un- is the believer, Okay. That the believer, the believer says, says to you, time out. This has been, this has been sacrificed to idols uh-huh. that even if, if now if that buddy wasn't with you, you would just, you would right. have your steak. Right. Okay. But that if, because your buddy nudges you, kind of elbows you and goes, whispers in your ear, this has actually been sacrificed to idols. And you realize, uh oh, wait, I don't want, I'm going to offend the unbeliever here because they already think I'm weird anyway. Yeah. But you're not going to cause the believer to stumble. Okay. I'm that's, with you on that. That's what I think. I think that makes sense. I might be wrong. No, no, no. I think that makes sense. I, I just want to still preserve that there could be a way in which this is a direct relationship with an unbeliever. And you're right. and, and the unbeliever is thinking that there's a significance to the act of eating that. And you might then say, I'm not going to do that because I don't want him to think or her to think that in partaking in this, I'm affirming the legitimacy of their worldview. Right. Because, I, I yeah. That's kind of a... No. Right, because yeah. he's saying in verse 29, I don't mean your conscience, but his. He's talking about the believer's conscience. Why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? The idea is if uh, you offend a weaker brother with your freedom, it's going to cause the offended person actually then in verse uh, 29 to condemn you. Like the offended person mm. is going to get upset at you. Yep. But you know what? You don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Yep. That is the higher, in that moment, the higher good is to not cause your Christian brother to stumble. Right. But I think what happens a lot of times is we think the other way around. Ah. I don't want to offend the unbeliever. 
So, you know, my, my brother here, he's going to have to deal with it. Ah, yep. So I think so, that it, it, that's what I'm thinking. I think that makes sense. And I think that like, just to try to try to translate into maybe like a modern setting, I'm imagining, you know, I'm imagining two different situations with the same person involved. One situation is they're at home and they're having a meal maybe with their family or something like that. And yeah. they decide, I think I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a beer tonight. Right. I, I think that that, and I think, can we say this, Mike? That is a, an act that in itself is okay. And if it's partake, if it is enjoyed with thankfulness to God and if, and if there's an awareness in that person's part of, Hey, this is a beverage mm-hmm. that, you know, it can do something to me if I'm not careful, but right. that in itself is okay. Can we say that? I'm uh, going to say, yeah, you know, to you that and I are always together on these things. Let's push, yeah. let's push against each other. Even if we agree with each other, yeah. I'm going to push against that and say, if you're in the privacy of your own home and you have your five little ones sitting at the table with you watching every move, they're taking notes. And then so they there's go, a thoughtfulness oh, to that. It's okay to drink because now, so when we say it's okay or it's good, it might not be good. It's okay. You can make your choice, but you have to deal with the consequence. What if one of your kids goes and, you know, has yeah. a propensity to right. be addictive and says, well, my dad always did this. So I would say that we have to measure that and say, so I think a lot of times we'll make these decisions and not take into account Who's watching? That's a great point. So, and that's, I, so I'm just saying. I'm glad you yeah. said that. And I don't mean to suggest that if you're just in the privacy of your own home, it's yeah. like all bets are off because that's not true, you know. Right. And a lot of believers probably have a problem that maybe we're not thinking of as much, but for them, the problem actually is in their own home. And other people might think that they've got their act cleaned up, but it's yeah. at home when they're in private that things go yeah. too far. So well, there's, there's a danger there as well. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's not even talk about alcohol right now. Let's talk about gluttony. Hmm. Let's talk about anger. Let's talk about cussing. Let's talk about, you know, pick anything that a believer would be like, boy, this is a besetting sin for me and my kids have watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know I've affected my kids. The, all, so think about all the freedom you have. Okay. That you can just make decisions. You're still going to be affecting whoever's around you. Okay. Uh, interestingly, let's say you're alone in your home and you're like, I am going to drink Four beers Five, or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. okay? And then you go, oh, I have to go pick up some uh, hmm. toilet paper at the store. And you jump into your car and you're a little bit inebriated. And you're putting others at risk. And maybe you get in an accident. Oh. That happens all the time oh. with people, right? Or, yeah. you know, very similar situation. You have those four beers and you just stay home and you have an okay night. But you've pushed yourself to a place where even in your own mind, you're out of control. Right. I'm going to say you, there you go. that's dishonoring to the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, he the, the fruit of the spirit is self-control and it's particularly contrasted with wine. Right. Don't be filled with wine, sure, but be filled, be with, filled the with the spirit. So Controlled if you're filled by. with wine, looses your own control of yourself, you know, uh, but the spirit is is helping believers to be in control of themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. And I, it's interesting that some people would go, oh, that's just. That's legalistic. Well, you're supposed to be reading the Bible all day long, da, 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 you know, and it's like, wait a minute, where's that coming from? Hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, so you don't, you want Jesus, but not too much of him, you know, because hmm. we all, we all can go there sometimes where we're just like, come on, you can't be too committed, you know. Um, interestingly, uh, in Romans 14, it says, whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, verse 23. Because the eating is not from faith, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. It's like everyone be fully convinced in your own mind. Man. But here's the thing. You could be fully convinced in your own mind and still be wrong. I can be fully convinced and still be wrong. Good point. And I can still be sinning 
and be fully convinced in my if I've convinced myself right, of something. Right, right. So you have to be careful with this and say that doesn't mean that you can just go high handedly and you know what even the title today, you know, you like we're like uh the idea is um alcohol isn't the issue. But hard heartedness can be the issue if you insist on your freedom. Uh tender heartedness, uh in terms of hey, I want to curb my freedom and I'm not gonna throw a jab at anybody who's right. partaking. Right. Um, or maybe even the week where it's like they're just a real young believer and they're 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 just drinking it all in and they're not really discerning this and that. Let's not expose them right. to all of our bad habits right away. You right, know? right. And I think our appetite sometimes for being self-willed or being selfish or being a disregard of God's word or God's people, I think does play in. And again, on both sides of it, whether you want to not do something or whether you want to do something. I really don't think it's whether you whether you um, whether you partake or not all the time. Mm. I think you could be the one not partaking and be really, really right. unkind so and unfair or judging others. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Like I'm better than everyone else because I'm not like them. And you know? you know what verse scares me? Honestly, yeah. this scares me. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Ooh, I that know, that I know. means unless I'm tell me if I'm wrong, Mike. But but that is saying any act in me that is not proceeding from a heart of faith towards God. And and in, in a, a sense that I am enjoying life in His world, I'm receiving this from His hand. I have a, I have a faith that what I'm doing is actually honoring to Him. Mm-hmm. Anything that's not that, yeah, is sin, which is so far-reaching. You know, this isn't just with pr- like particular hot-button issues of alcohol or 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 this or that. It's like all of my life. I could maybe I'm going through an entire day, and I'm just kind of casually living for myself. Oh yeah, all, all of my day has been you know, just tainted and touched by that sin of kind of just selfish, self-centered living. And the opposite of that, and this is what the spirit frees the believer to do, is to try to say every, I mean, it sounds funny to say this way, but every, you know, sip of water, sip of coffee, every time I, you know, shake someone's hand, every time I pick up a pen to write a note, whatever, like anything, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm typing on my, you know, I'm just knocking out a few emails all of that can proceed from faith right. or it can be just done in kind of a self-centered aspect. And that makes a difference. It makes an absolute difference. A good point you're making here. And I, when we talk, when, when Romans 14 speaks of faith there in verses 22, 23, um, it's not like saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. The faith there is, is the thoughts or actions that your conscience condemns. Yep. So the idea is uh, if you're a really strong believer you can still harm yourself by saying I'm I can do whatever I want, like my Christian liberty mm-hmm. by whether denouncing someone else or belittling the freedom that God has given um, or carelessly flaunting your liberty. Right. Yep. You can. Yep. Hey, I don't care how it affects others. So let's go back to drinking. If you say and I truly believe this, if you say we're having a party, we're going to be drinking. And sorry if you don't really like that. That's wrong. Hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. If you know, let's say you're inviting five people, yep. you know, two people don't drink. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be drinking. I know you don't drink, but oh, and you're okay with that, right? That's a pressure. Hmm. Like, no, why are you even asking the question? And here's why in, in verse 22, 14, 20, Romans 14, 22, the faith that you have, have it before yourself alone before God. It's like, have your convictions before God. But what, what he's saying is, okay, strong believer, enjoy your liberty. Yep. Understand your liberty. Keep it between you and God. And yep. what you approve, have a healthy conscience because you don't give a weak brother a cause to stumble. 
And then it says, if you, you doubt, you doubt, uh, if you doubt, you're condemned. So when the weak brother violates his conscience, he sins. Yep. Yeah. And whatever is not from faith, if right. your conscience condemns you for doing it, don't do it. Right. And I take that to mean there might be an act which in itself isn't sinful. But if you think it is and you do it, that's sin. Right. right. That's what that's saying. Right. And then first Corinthians, uh, excuse me, then Romans 15. We never go into 15. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Let each please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself. As it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And, the, I, and it goes right into, this is why we have the scriptures. So we who are strong, hmm. bear means pick up and carry the weight of. Uh, it's used to, you know, carry a pitcher of water or whatever. Carrying someone who's hurting or what have you. So if the idea is don't just tolerate the weaknesses. Help them by carrying their burden and showing love and be practically in yep. consideration, which means that maybe you say, no, I'm not going to do what I am free to do. Yep. Yep. And then that's not even asking the question of whether you're overdoing it or not in your freedom. So, right. Yeah. And I almost, can I just say, and I, this is probably the final thought from me, Mike, and then I'll pass it back to you if you want to give any other things that you're, you're wanting to add. But um, I'm just thinking of, you know, that person who's listening to this and maybe they're just thinking, yeah, that's all well and good. But then, then, then it's like, what's going to happen the next time you're at that gathering or something like that, I you know? know? And I just maybe to just try to drive the point home a little bit further, I just want to point out both 1 Corinthians 8 through 10 and Romans 14, the two key conscience pa- passages in the New Testament, mm-hmm. go, go after this pattern. First, Paul establishes your conscience is at perfect liberty. Your life is between you and God, and it is yours to, to determine by the guidance of God's word and with faith what it is that's going to be honoring to him. So you're free in Christ. And there's things he, he would even say in these passages, there's things now in Christ in the New Testament kind of, or the church age that are lawful for you that weren't even in the Old Testament kind of, you know, Israelite setting, right? Mm-hmm. So he wants to say you're free to make that decision. But then he turns on a hinge in both, in both passages and he wants to say, but you are absolutely limited by that, uh, limited in that freedom by the conscience and by the feelings of your other believing friends. And so the, the burden in those passages is not to say, preserve your freedom, believer. It's like the freedom is taken for granted. Yeah, of course you're free. But let me tell you what I actually want to say, which is that you need to lay down that right at any opportunity you can if it's going to be for the good of another believer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, even as I'm thinking about that, I'm just thinking of different aspects of my life where it's like I want to be more others-minded and, and not, you know, not have this mind and no believer should have this mindset of, well, this is my liberty in Christ mm-hmm. and you can't take it from me. That's exactly the opposite of what Paul's trying to say in these passages. Right. And the thing is, we would be, we would be wary of the legalist or the licentious person pushing that. For example, what you just said is absolutely true, but it can be taken the wrong way. We have perfect liberty in Christ, but we have no liberty to go after prohibited things. Right. We have absolutely no liberty to go against the word of God. Right. We have no liberty to cause our brother to stumble. So when we say we have perfect liberty, it doesn't mean in every aspect That's of a life. Great point. It means yeah. God is prohibited. That's why he goes right to what was written in former days was written for our instruction. Romans 15, 4, uh, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. That is in the context of this right. freedom. And so right. perfect liberty in everything that you are free to partake in. Right. Now there's the gray areas. So we get back to, can I have that beer? There is no right answer to that one. Hmm. There is no absolute right answer to that one. Hmm. 
You've got to make a wise decision, but realize this. The conscience can be tender. The conscience can be hardened. The conscience can be seared. The conscience can be wounded. Hmm. So we want to keep a tender conscience before I, God. I, I, that's, maybe this is a good yeah. place to close. You know, the, the, any believer will be better able to... <clears throat> excuse me, approach any situation to the degree that their conscience is in line with God's word. And we can, you know, we can, by what we're dwelling on and meditating on, have a conscience that's more in line with what the Lord wants or mm-hmm. less in line. So any believer who's saturating themselves in scripture, the, the heartbeat of their life is to, to see Christ glorified. They just like, they want so much that Jesus would be honored. They want their life to be a pleasing aroma for Christ. Mm-hmm. They want other people to see in their life how wonderful and enjoyable it is to know Jesus that's the person who's going to be in the best place to make, you know, wise decisions in these matters. So um, that's something that all of us can be pursuing. Anything else from you before we wrap up, Mike? No, just let's, let's seek to please the Lord and build one another up and really take these passages uh, to heart. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much listeners for joining us. Hope this was helpful to you and an encouragement. Uh, If you ever have questions, you can always email at grace at graceorange.org and we'd love to tackle this on the podcast. Uh, Until next week, have a wonderful week enjoying the Lord and serving him. And we will talk to you next time. God bless you.